So yeah, we're getting into December now, we're on the 8th, so you might be feeling that just pinch of, um, of getting organised and uh, maybe even just a bit distracted at times with uh, the lists. I was saying um, last week to somebody, I said, oh, I've got so many things off my list and, uh, and I love Wonderlist because you can hear the ping, ping as you get things done and I said, but the, the temptation is to add to it. And the list just keeps on going. And I recently discovered um, the Organized Mum Method. It's a blog. I don't know. Hands up if you've ever heard of this. Is it? Yes, Simon. Simon and Heather are on it. (laughs) I mean. um, So the Organized Mum Method, they have this Organized Mum's Christmas. I realized that I've missed the whole thing. It's been started right back since like August or September. um, And I've even missed the catch up. So that's great, you know. Um, But anyway, I've been finding myself going into shops and feeling a bit dizzy. Like I caught myself, like I turned around and I saw this, the snowman and the snow dog bag in Tesco's. And I was like busy at the till, but I saw it. I was like, oh, I need to have that. I need that. And the lady on the till laughed at me and she was like, (laughs) and I said, yeah, I don't need that, do I? Um, because, um, and, and I've been starting to shop online um, so that because I'm such a visual um, person that uh, I get so distracted. So I've been starting to shop online just so we can limit it, limit it until Christmas. And then, of course, I've got my 23rd of December order. But I can find myself running out of joy quicker in this season. I can find that my resources start to deplete a bit. My energy starts to to decrease a little bit. My finances um, will start to deplete a little bit. And this is meant to be the most joyous season, isn't it? Um, This is all about joy. I found myself at the, the school fair the other day. And I, I literally came out in a daze because uh, the, the kids are like sugar hide and, uh, and all these things are for sale. Um, and, uh, and my tank just seems to deplete. And, uh, and I stand in this Christmas season of ushering in kingdom joy with this tension of the rush and the lack. Um, and then the peace that, that Louise spoke so beautifully about last week and I'm wondering where where do we stand as a church how how do we stand in that tension and how do we access that joy and I wonder do you feel it too how can I echo joy when my bank balance looks like that how can I stand in joy when my closest relationships are just falling apart How can I stand in joy when these negative cycles and patterns keep repeating and repeating? How can I stand in joy when I've been diagnosed with with depression or with anxiety or with some other more major um, sickness, type of sickness? Um, You can fill in the gap. How can I experience joy when I'm struggling with, and where does the kingdom joy need to break into your life this morning? So just ask the Holy Spirit just to, to, to show you right now, 
what is that? Where is that? What is that area that I need to surrender, that I need more of you in? And instead of saying, God, I don't really think you're powerful enough to do this. We say you can have it all and we surrender all and we recognize your power this morning. But where can we get, after we surrender and we say it's yours, where do we get, where do we buy this real joy this Christmas from? We're going to be looking at, at, uh, at the story of the shepherds. And uh, last night I was watching Michael McIntyre. Did anybody else see it? The Saturday night, what's it called? The Saturday night show? Um, the big show, right? And no, nobody watches Michael McIntyre, Saturday Night Big Show. Yay! Um, and, uh, and it was fantastic. And he has this wonderful moment in it where he, uh, he sneaks into people's bedrooms that they're unaware of. Um, and he'll go in with all the lights and the music and, the, and different celebrities. And he'll just wake them up in the dark. And, uh, and last night was Westlife. It was brilliant. Um, and, uh, and he just like, all of a sudden, they're like in this complete sleep. And, uh, and the next thing, lights and music and wah. And, uh, and it's fantastic, their expressions. But I imagine the shepherds were a little bit like that, okay? <laughs> like a little bit, like we're just in, like doing our ordinary, like looking after these sheep, just checking out there's the stars lovely and like maybe like hustle around like the fire maybe having a wee sleep or but you know and then the host of angels um and I imagine it was a bit um more spectacular than Michael McIntyre's Saturday night show right um but let's read a little bit but the angel said to them do not be afraid I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The angel appears to these shepherds. And this is another one of God's amazing interventions in using shepherds um, as part of the redemption story. And you know that the word manger is used several times um, just to relate, like these ordinary shepherds doing their ordinary jobs and God uses a feeding trough to deliver the the Messiah into our world. It's in the ordinary. It's in the shepherd's instructions. They're told who this child was, the Savior and the Messiah, and they know that there's more to this. This is a bigger story. This is all the prophecies and the promises coming into play. And we are called to join this adventure. It's like David. He didn't even get in the lineup initially when he was picked. And isn't that what God loves to do? He has this splendid lineup. So people are like, yeah, I would pick them. Yes, I would pick them. And God goes, aha, not them, because I see the inside. And he just has this way of elevating from underneath, of just like lifting the person higher than the rest. The lineup, and he lifts 
the ordinary. So David was called in to the field, in from the fields as a shepherd boy to get his anointing, to get his call, to, to, to realize this is my identity. I'm part of this adventure. And similarly, the shepherds are out with the, with the sheep. They're, they're nobody in particularly special. And yet now they get on all our Christmas cards, right? <laughs> you know, like they're nobody in particularly special, but they are called to this, um, to this adventure, to this mission. And we are handpicked to receive this joy. So whatever situation you're walking through this morning, wherever you find yourself sitting, you have been handpicked to receive his joy. And his joy is inbreaking. His joy is inbreaking. And he is constantly inviting us to more. He's constantly saying, Come, do you want more? Come, say yes. We have all these Christmas cards with the pictures of baby Jesus. But of course, um, we don't have um, all the, the pictures. We have the pictures that we can contain of a baby in the manger, right? But of course, the prophecies and the dreams about this little baby. And then what this little baby went on to do, we don't really see that. It's not really sweet enough for a Christmas card. Um, but we have to go further than the manger, don't we? He's pointing at life, pointing at freedom. This manger is just a signpost. We cannot stop. I go past the, the little uh, manger beside the police station in Bangor. Yeah, have you seen it? Has anyone seen it? It's been moved, hasn't it? It's moved around the town. It's just to try and like, keep us guessing. It's like those secret elves that go around your house to keep us guessing. Where's the manger gone? Has it gone this year for good or is it still him banger? And, and we love to see it. Um, but it, it simply is a signpost, isn't it, to the more, to the life that Jesus lived and offered for us. We don't stop at the crib. We see what it's pointing to. And the brilliant thing about these shepherds is that they get to add weight to the revelation that Mary and Joseph are so obediently walking out. Mary and Joseph are on their journey and they are obedient to the call of, okay, something's going on here and we have to go to this manger and this is where we are and... Uh, you know, and, and apparently I'm, I'm carrying the Lord of Lords and the Messiah. And these shepherds get to add weight to their revelation. You see, other people are so vital to our story. Isn't that right? It's like God tells you something and you're like, ooh, I think I heard God. And then somebody else comes on and they, they say, you know, oh, I think I, I heard God about this. And you're like, yes. Yes, it must be true. <laughs> yeah, you know, like other people are so vital for us learning. Can we hear God? And what is he saying? And if we feel like, well, God's really speaking to me about this area, this relationship, or, um, and uh, we think, well, oh, no, he's not. Because I've got that get out. Nobody else knows. And then somebody else says, I feel like God might be speaking about that relationship. And you're like, oh, well. You, there's no get out in, the, in a way. 
And it's amazing, isn't it? When someone gives you a dream that they've had for you or a word that they've had for you, just how exciting and joy-filled it is. Let's read a little bit more. Luke 2, 15 to 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them, as you would be, like, oh my goodness, prophecy revealed. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You can feel the joy in that situation. Read it over and over again. When God moves in and does something spectacular and you get to share it. I had, uh, I had the privilege of hearing a healing story from just last week. So um, I have asked Rachel Gilliland. Um, she is on kids that are far away somewhere in the building. Um, bless them. But, uh, but Rachel wrote down her testimony, her story um, for me to read out. Um, so this is, this is from her. I was at the gym trying a new machine, laying on my tummy and a weight on my calf muscle trying to push up, thankfully not too heavy. At the time it wasn't sore, but a few days later I knew I had pulled a muscle and not able to bear weight properly on my leg. I couldn't put my heel down without much pain. I needed the aid of a walking stick and actually screamed in pain walking downstairs as twisted my other knee while not bending my calf. And ended up going downstairs on my bottom. On church on Sunday, I had the sore legs supported and ibuprofen gel and tablets, yeah. I decided not to bring the walking stick as I was on the prayer team and I thought it looked bad, LOL. (laughs) I love that bit and I don't know if she wanted me to put that in. (laughs) Louise offered to pray for my leg. And while praying, Genevieve, who's six or seven, um, seven, came over to her mum and asked, And we asked, would she like to pray for me? Which she willingly did. It was a beautiful, simple prayer, asking God to heal my leg. The next day, all the pain was gone. I could put my full weight on my leg and just a muscle stiffness left, which is going. And Rachel gets to share not only the fact that that experience has given her great joy because she's no longer on ibuprofen and uh, I'm walking with a crutch or a stick, Um, But she also gets to share with others that this is what God did for me. And so does Louise, because that's part of her story, isn't it? And Genevieve, oh my goodness, Um, my prayer. And that joy passes on. And so whenever we're invited to be part of his story and his prophecies revealed to others, um, we get that joy. That joy is, um, is ours. Um, and contagious as well. 
I want us to look at what Mary does. If you can remember from two weeks ago, um, I was talking about Mary and Elizabeth and just their response, their quick response to um, whenever Mary visited Elizabeth and they're like, wow, look at what God has done. And they sang and they danced and they shouted and they were so ready to go for the celebration. And yes, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. And it's because they lined up their position with the heart of God and they're like, right, we're going to praise you, we're going to worship you, we're going to trust in your promises and your prophecies that you have spoken. And what I want us to do is learn from Mary a little bit this morning. But Mary, so all of this is going on, and you can feel the hype as well in the room, right? Wow, this has actually happened. We came all this way, and wow, this is in the manger. And Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Okay, so we can see the reality of this prophetic lineup, this prophetic word, the action coming into place. And Mary takes it, takes the whole thing and stores it like a treasure in her heart. She stores it in because, do you know, she knows she's going to need that. She knows she's going to need that at some point in the future. She's like, this is all happening. This is all happening. And I need to know that this is all happening. And God has lined this up for me. And I need to know that I've got the Messiah. um, And I've delivered the Messiah. Because in the future, Jesus is going to wander and get lost to her. Jesus is going to be called to some specific things that maybe isn't a mother's desire for her child. And Jesus will be killed. She's going to need to know that those things are real. Those things that have been spoken, those things that have been lived are real. That there is purpose in this plan. She's going to need to know more than what she's going to see as a mom, right? So how are we storing it up? What treasures are we taking and storing them in, packing them in there? Because we're going to need them for the journey. How do we do that practically in our everyday, that we, our posture is, is right, in, uh, that we have these things stored up and our posture is in the right place? What does that look like for you? Because I imagine for everybody here, it's so different. God has done this. God has said this. Pack it in. Store it up. Enjoy the moment. Celebrate. Have the hype if you want. But store it in. Yeah? And when you need it, you have it. Derek Morphew, who's a theologian, says, Joy is the free delight, the great pleasure and happiness that can only roll in when Jesus comes on the scene. Joy is a sign of the kingdom. And uh, there's a verse in Hebrews, and it just utters the importance of Christians to experience joy, the reason why Christians need to experience joy so regularly. Hebrews 12 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne 
of God. Joy is not based on circumstance. We can be walking through the hardest of times, but we still experience joy. And it's the goal that keeps us walking through weary times, that there is purpose in the plans, that when the going gets tough, that we rely on that connection with the Father to fill us up with the Holy Spirit's power in moments when it gets too tough. It's too tough. I need you. If you think of, um, guys, this is just completely excluding you. Um, if you think of when, um, if you've been pregnant and, uh, and, and just that sort of, um, those moments of, of worrying and, uh, and just being weary um, with pregnancy, but you, uh, and even through the labor, then you're really running for seeing the baby, aren't you? That the, the joy at the end. Um, and when, whenever you do see the baby, the joy overtakes Um, the pain that you've run through. Job interviews are horrible, right? Yes? But the phone call to say that you've been offered a perfect job or a job, is there a perfect job? A job all the same is wonderful, isn't it? Or that email that you get. Verity, one of our kids' leaders, has been working so hard on her dissertation. And she recently experienced the joy of what she's been running for. So give her a big hug and congratulate her. We need to know why we are running. What's the goal in front and who we are running for? We surrender to our king and we lay down all the things that are causing us weariness or heaviness. And we posture ourselves upwards facing upwards, and we're caught in this moment with the Father gazing down on us with pure delight. We're transfixed. We're captivated. Um, I had a picture of uh, when we were, you know, we're, we're looking upwards and we're spinning, you know. We're just sort of spinning because we're captivated so much that the rest of the world, actually everything that's going on, takes a secondary position because our first position is we're caught and we're transfixed. And whenever we come back from this moment of, of being like totally captivated, of course, the world has to come back into a certain type of order. But what does that posture look like for you? What does that mean for you to be upward looking, to be totally transfixed on the Father? if you think about it just for a moment. Sometimes we need to change something to allow more freedom to come. What do you need to change? What do you need to tell someone today that you're gonna change? Do we need to lay something down? Do we need to say, you can have a little bit more territory here today, God? And you know, he's always inviting us to more. So he's so ready. So you, you, you give him the, the green flag and he'll rush right in. But he won't if you don't. He won't. Are you going to? Are you going to give him more today? Are you going to surrender more of your life and your heart and lay it down? Are you going to fix your gaze in that posture and receive kingdom joy, even in the moments 
that happiness is far, far away. Make a statement. Make a a statement in your journal and date it as just another commitment to surrender today. And look upwards once a day, twice a day, three times. And give him those moments that he's able to empower you with joy. And what would it look like in an expectant community that's aware of where joy can be found? We know we've got the secret. Some people don't, you know? We can release more joy into our community. We've got the resources to heaven. We know. We can release it. I'm going to just share a little story. Um, whenever I've shared it before, and I'm going to share it again. I'm sorry. Um, but some of you won't have heard it, and it's all good. Um, I was, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Open Skies. It's a big worship festival um, where they just pray and they intercede. And, um, and I was meant to be serving on the prophetic prayer team. And uh, the night before I was about to go, I had this bizarre dream. And it was a dream that I was in the shop and I walked around the corner and I saw this lady. And this lady just looked really disfigured, um, just really not well, um, quite grey. And, uh, and I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, oh, um, hi. Um, and then I just get this sense that I should show her round the corner um, because Jesus was round the corner, you see. It was like a centra because you always find Jesus right in the corner in the center. Ah, look for him today. And um, so I'm like, right, right, right here, this is where we're going. And, uh, and she met Jesus, and it was totally fine, and it all worked out, and that's the dream. Ta-da! But then, the next day, we arrive, arrive at Open Skies, and I'm standing and I'm worshipping, and this lady beside me says, do you know where I could find the prayer team? And I said, I am the prayer team. Well, that sounds set up. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, right, come on, let's pray. And this lady had a very downcast, um, sort of just this sense of grey on her, right? And I'm like, hmm, oh, what's that? And, um, and it, was, it was on her. And she said, look, I've tried to take my life nearly 20 times. I'm from Carrick Fergus. And, uh, and, and this, it, I just... I don't know how to get freedom. And I said, oh, that's a big one. And um, I was with my sister. We, uh, we really prayed our best prayer, you know, and um, made sure that she was professionally looked after, but prayed our best prayer, believing that God could bring freedom. And we got a sense that she, the big tent, yeah, all the razzmatazz, all the worship going on in it, I said, look, I really feel like you need to encounter God in your own tent because this is a camping event. And uh, I said, really believe that you're just meant to encounter God in your own tent. So maybe if you just go back and just say, come Holy Spirit, and maybe that would work, (laughs) guessing. And uh, anyway, so we're like, bye. (laughs) Okay, all the best. And, uh, And just... And just really hoping that, that something was to happen. But anyway, we're carrying on. We're going on to the seminar. And we're in this seminar. This was later on in the day. This lady out of nowhere comes 
bellowing over to us like, girls, girls, totally. Like, we just didn't recognize her. We were like, um, you, huh? yes. And uh, she said, girls, I did it. I went to my tent I sp- I, and, and he just came. And he came. Uh, and I'm like, huh, who are you? <laughs> and, you and, and then we realized, yes, this, this has been the transforming work of God. And we totally were like, what? Uh, it's amazing but it just changed her whole countenance and of course me and my sister were so humbled to have been part of the journey the adventure that we went round the back of a tent and just lay down because it was all you could do the response was all you could do lie down and just cry and worship honestly that we have the secrets of the treasures of the kingdom we have them Encountering Jesus releases freedom to surrender and joy. This past week, um, I got messages um, from somebody who was at the prophetic um, training last week. And uh, uh, we had the, a, a guy come down and, and uh, just speak to us about um, prophecy. And uh, she said, right, well, do you know, I thought this week that I might give that a go. So I spent some time every day um, just waiting and listening to God for one of my friends. She said, I've texted five different friends this week. Um, I've texted five different friends and given them a word that I felt that is from God. And she said, Rebecca, the transformation of just the, the, the text that she's been getting back is, wow, that was absolutely spot on. She says, this is new. This is new. And I says, yes, you, what you have done is you have released kingdom treasure to that person. You have brought that person closer to the Father because you've stepped out, because you've joined the adventure. And of course, they were so humble that they were used for that. And we are. There's freedom. There's more freedom in this room this morning. I want to think of our response. As I was um, getting ready for this talk, um, I, um, I'm not coming over to YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to pick something up. Um, as I was getting ready for this talk, um, I was thinking. I was thinking a lot about um, a story I heard, and of course, you've heard, just heard about three stories. And I'm sorry for overloading on the stories this morning, <laughs> but we're coming really close to Christmas, so there's lots of grace and joy in the room. And uh, and and I was listening to a story of this. Um, I was at Illuminate Conference a couple of weeks ago up at Causeway Coast, and I was listening to the story of a husband and wife, and, uh, and they, are, they live on a Greek island called Lesvos, and they had a flourishing seaside uh, restaurant that was doing so well, like profit, brilliant. And uh, they said one day they noticed a boat show up on the beach and the boat was of course full of Syrian refugees that were looking for a better life and they went down and I mean this had never happened before how strange and uh, they brought some food and some blankets and they realized that they were going to be staying for a while Um, I think at that time the borders were open so there was more sort of um, fluency but um then the borders closed. And so there are lots. They said they went down every night and uh, they had their boot. You could just picture them in their car. They had their boot filled of hot meals and, um, 
and blankets to see are there any more boats going to roll up on this on this um, seashore, on this sand. And they said some nights there were and some nights there weren't. They said as they got to know the people, um, they find out that maybe um, their home had been destroyed in the war and um, they maybe had a bag with them and then they had been asked for thousands of pounds for a ticket um, if they had wanted to escape and if they had wanted this better life for their family. And they really had no other option, so they sold what they had in their bag and, uh, and went. And then um, the people who were bringing them across um, to Lesvos, um, they then they had holes in the boats, right, that they were purposely made. So then at some point of the journey, they would just release the water into the boat so they would start to drown and um, have to swim off to this island. They would be picked up by sea rescue. Um, at the moment, there are thousands um, of people coming onto the island and uh, they're in a big camp and they don't have enough room, actually. And the children, they showed photos and, of course, the children are playing with stones and really have very little... Um, and of course, compassion and warmth is um, is really um, is is not there, right? It's, it's something that they're really lacking. Um, this beautiful husband and wife who were running this wonderful um, restaurant. Um, decided that they would train some of the young people, give them hot meals and train them in hospitality and catering and what they can do. And, uh, and then they were told by the government, look, you cannot do both. You cannot have your profiting restaurant and do this. So choose. They said, there's no choice. We are, we're following God. We're, we have to do something here. And so they've given up their rest. They've given up their restaurant in that way, and they're training, and they are. Um, they've got an internet cafe, and they're trying to just provide for the people that have turned up on their door. And I'm so reminded that God's light, the light of the world, shines the best in dark places. And I am brought to my knees by this story. And as I was. Um, as I was um, preparing, I realised that um, I had said that we could sell some cards maybe um, for them because, I mean, why should they have to make anything for us to give them things? But um, I said, we'll take some cards to sell. And of course, um, they have the word joy on them, of course, because that's what God does, isn't it? And, uh, and it, you know, this picture looks quite joyful, right? Because the woman's smiling, but the other ones don't. And I was like, gosh, they're not going to sell very well. But um, the fact is, that's the reality, isn't it? That there's brokenness. So there are only a few, few packs there to sell. And if you would like to buy one, um, I will take six pounds for them um, for a pack of six. But if you would just like to give a donation this morning and not have the cards please do that because I would just love to send money back over to them and just bless what they're doing. I think that's something that we're called to and it's in our culture as church. Um, so get ready to hear more from them <laughs> and uh, yeah, and let's share our kingdom resources as well. I had a few words um, just as we're closing this morning. I really felt um, that Father God wanted just us to know um, that there's some people that are really, really good at caring for others in the room, and caring for others outside of this room as well. And I felt he wanted you to know that as you simply care, nothing spectacular or over the top, as you care for people, you are releasing kingdom power. 
and that you have joy that you are just passing on supernaturally in that simple care. However that is, whatever that looks like, and you might feel like this is the ordinary for me, he wants you to know it is more than ordinary, it is extraordinary because you are releasing kingdom treasures and kingdom power in the care that you are doing. So be blessed in that. I also felt that... uh, This week, I've been giving my son penicillin um, um, because he's had tonsillitis and he hasn't really loved the taste of it. And I felt that God was wanting just to to remind you, sometimes you'll you'll, 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 um, taste something that'll taste like, oh, that's uncomfortable. And oh, I don't like the sound of that. Um, and, 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 And he wants you to know it's good for you. It's really good for you. He wants to heal you from the inside out. So whenever sometimes you come across something and you're like, oh, that feels uncomfortable, he wants you to know that he is healing you and he wants you to have um, that medicine. Yeah. The final thing um, is just that song by Matt, Matt Redmond, sang a song, the Father's Song, Yeah. Does anybody remember that, the Father's song? And, it, and the lyrics of it um, are heaven's perfect mystery. The king of love has sent for me, and now you're singing over me, the Father's song. And I just really got a sense as we're talking about the shepherds, that um, the Father wanted you to know that he is your shepherd. He is your shepherd, and you can hear his voice. Um, and he has a big staff. He can see the beasts and the, the things that are scary and the things that look like, I can't beat that as a sheep would, right? Looking out at a, at a lion and going, uh-uh, I can't take that. And he wants you to know, I can. I can, and that's not your role. I'm your shepherd. Hear me singing over you this morning. So as we... As we respond this morning, and I would like to invite the prayer team up and um, and worship and just respond. I've just learned this morning that whenever God says there's more and um, and He's holding out an invitation for freedom, for increased joy, um, then we take these. We, we, we say yes and we step forward. So I would just encourage you that if there's some way that you can do that where you're standing but you don't want to come up for prayer, then do that. If that's raising a hand, then do that as a way of saying, I take this moment to be part of the more story for me, for what you have for me this morning. Or take a step forward or something. But just tell your body, tell your soul that yes, I take this invitation at Christmas time and beyond. Can I invite you guys up to uh, let's worship. Let's, uh, let's hear him singing over us. But, uh, but let's spend our time in just response. And if you want to come forward for prayer, then let's do that too.